0: Grain Farmers Ontario, market trends commentary for January and February of 2020. As we careen into the new decade, 2020 can surely represent an opportunity for those within the greater grain economy. 2019 was a difficult year for many in the Eastern Corn Belt and 2020 represents an opportunity to do better. Looking further out, How will a new decade define the grain economy going forward? There are many questions, but clearly if history proves to be any indicator, by the next decade in 2030, things will look different. Needless to say, here we are at the start of another decade with the crops we have and the associated prices. Looking ahead, among other things, it will surely be about the weather. On January 10th, the USDA released their final WASNI report on the 2019 crop. The January report is often a flashpoint within the market, sometimes causing wide price swings. However, on January 10th, this was not the case. The USDA raised both corn and soybean production slightly from the earlier November and December estimates. U.S. corn is now set to come in at 13.69 billion bushels on a national yield of 168 bushels per acre. And the USDA increased soybean production to 355 8 billion bushels, up from 3.55 billion bushels in their December report. This was based on a U.S. national yield of 47.4 bushels per acre, and the corn quarterly stocks was down 5% from a year ago, with soybean stocks 13% lower. USDA decreased corn harvested acreage by 300,000 acres and soybeans, by 600,000 acres. Corn ending stocks were decreased to 1.89 billion bushels. This was a big demand change as USDA increased feed and residual demand by 250 million bushels, but exports were cut 75 million bushels and industrial use was cut 10 million bushels. US ending stocks remained at 475 million bushels, the same as their December 2019 estimate. USDA kept Brazil's soybean production at 123 million metric tons and Argentina at 53 million metric tons. US winter rate acreage was pegged at 30.8 million acres, the second lowest in US history, and soft winter wheat acreage actually increased 8% from last year. On January 10th, corn, soybean, and wheat futures were higher than the last market trends report. Corn, March 2020 corn futures were at $385 a bushel. The March 2020 soybean futures were at $946 a bushel. And the March 2020 Chicago wheat futures closed at $564 a bushel. Minneapolis, March 2020 wheat futures closed at $560 a bushel, with a September 2020 contract closing at $581 a bushel. Nearby oil futures as of January 10th closed at $59.04 a barrel, down from the nearby futures of last month of $60.07 a barrel. And the average price for U.S. ethanol on January January 10th in the US was $1.50 a US gallon, lower than $1.62 recorded in the last market trends report. And the Canadian dollar noon rate on January 10th was 0.7662 US, higher than the 0.7586 US reported here last month. And the Bank of Canada's lending rate remained at 1.75%. In Ontario, good weather throughout late December and early January made for for some unusual late harvest conditions to aid producers with crops still left in the field. In fact, there was some tillage done in January as temperatures were above normal. However, this varied across the province. As of January 10th, most corn is harvested, and the fields left are mostly by choice. Statistics Canada has reported an Ontario corn yield of 158 bushels per acre, which is a bit below average, but still quite healthy when considering the difficult season. There is a wide variance across the province. Much of the corn in the deep southwest of Ontario was high yielding, with no test weight issues. However, as you went east and north in the province, there were quality concerns. In the far east of Ontario, this has been accentuated, and the late, uneven spring has been the cause of many of these concerns. Corn bases has responded accordingly, holding steady or even increasing in some areas. In Quebec, the crop is lower. With Statistics Canada projecting 141.4 bushels per acre on average. However, much of the crop is light, and this is strengthened basis for good quality corn from Ontario. The FOB bid in southwest Quebec, as of January 10th, was 232 over March, and the soybean basis in Ontario has also held steady or increased, partly based on the increased futures value and low value of the Canadian dollar. And you can access all Ontario corn prices by going to the marketing section of our website. Now, the bottom line is, there's a partial China-U.S. trade deal about to be signed in Washington January 15th, something farmers have been waiting a long time for. Of course, it's very difficult to surmise what it might actually mean. The numbers banding about from some officials in the American government are $40 billion of Chinese business in American agricultural commodities. Clearly, some would say it's the icing on the cake farmers have been waiting for. Now the Chinese have not shown the same enthusiasm, however they have resumed buying American soybeans. Their language has been much more muted and the political charged year of 2020 it's telling. Even the American administration has said any other China phases of trade agreements will be done post November. The 40 billion figure of Chinese buying the U.S. agricultural commodities seems much but of course the details and ultimate export numbers will be the real litmus test. Needless to say, maybe this is a long way back from the calamity which started with the imposition of Chinese tariffs of U.S. soybeans in 2018. Now how this will manifest with the 2020 planting is another question. The Trump administration has handed out 24.5 billion in government aid to American farmers. And will this continue in 2020 turning into an annuity for American grain farmers? Well simply put, it's part of the planning decision process going forward with so many variables missing at the time of this writing. From a Canadian perspective, it's likely we'll see increased U.S. planting this spring, supported by possible market facilitation payments, leaving us in a tough position. It was hard to peg the January 10th USDA report as anything but bearish, but there was unusual bullish push in a $250 million bushel increase for corn and feed and residual demand. At first glance, you might be looking for something more specific, but it's likely a response to their December 1st corn stocks report, which was lower than expected. Needless to say, it did help the corn balance sheet. USDA also offered up that it will be doing a resurvey of corn production. Will take place in early spring in michigan minnesota the dakotas and wisconsin where harvest has been late now for corn december corn as of january 10th was up two cents at four dollars and two cents a bushel now where does it go from here as farmers are always looking ahead and 425 would be better even though it would be considered a lofty value compared to the last seven years needless to say u.s ending stocks under two billion bushels helps however as of this time there is not a big impetus for december 2020 corn to increase Basis might give us some clues. Across the United States, basis levels have been significant in telling the story of where it's needed. Quality is an issue in many parts of the United States and this will eventually show up in utilization. Even though the January 10th USDA is final regarding the 2019 crop, it's unlikely so. These quality issues might show up in the September stocks report where the 2019 crop year will finally be put to rest. In the March 2020-May 2020, 2020 corn future spread is currently 7 cents, which is considered sideways. Seasonally, corn prices tend to go up in June, and the nearby March contract is currently in the 52nd percentile of the past 5-year production range. Now for soybeans, cotton might be soybeans' best friend. What you say? Well, cotton prices are a lot higher lately, and if it continues, there could be a pull of southern U.S. soybean acres into cotton in 2020. Soybeans need some help, and even though USDA kept soybean ending stocks steady on January 10th, there are big crops in Brazil and Argentina keeping prices at bay. Of course, the shifting sands have much to do with a phase one agreement with China on January 15th, or even when when this is signed, it might not be public information which commodities might be on the shopping list. Price will continue to be the litmus test for the Chinese despite their massive investments in the Brazil soybean economy. The March 2020-May 2020 soybean futures spread is minus 13 cents, which is considered sideways. Seasonally soybean prices tend to trade higher into July, and the March soybean contract is currently in the 37th percentile of the past 5-year price distribution range. Now for wheat, the hope for wheat futures market will be for it to show continued life with the USDA predicting the lowest wheat acreage in 111 years. There have been production issues in Australia, but positive production news in Argentina, meaning the constant offset on supply and demand continues. There are always problems, and there are always good times in wheat, being it's grown just about everywhere. Needless to say, the wheat futures market may be asked to lead other grain markets forward. However, with wheat, don't hold your breath. Ontario wheat prices at seven sixty-three for old crop. Uh, Soft red winter wheat and new crop 2020 at 7.15 delivered to a terminal on January 10th. That really doesn't lie. With about a million acres planted in Ontario, this might be a good place to have some standing orders. There's always some risk involved with contracting wheat in Ontario based on our Canadian winters, and producers need to weigh these and plan accordingly. All of this has been taking place in a heightened geopolitical environment, mostly centered on the Middle East, where the Americans and Iranians have exchanged military assets. This has put a chill in markets as tensions escalated. The downing of Ukrainian Flight 752 was an unfortunate tragedy from such heightened tensions. The old market was frenetic. and As of January 11th, tensions are still high, but the situation has de-escalated. Markets will continue to be a partial reflection of this situation. In Ontario, grain prices have benefited from a sustained bases even though the Canadian dollar has shown a bit of life, even briefly going over the 77 cent US mark. The Bank of Canada Governor Stephen Palaz has mused that the current interest rate of 1.75% might be adjusted in the future based on the health of the Canadian economy. This adjustment is more likely to be down, which wouldn't be good for the loonie, but positive for cash grain values. It will continue to be a challenge for farmers to balance Canadian dollar volatility affecting basis versus grain futures values. Now, Basis has provided opportunity for many Ontario farmers and it is likely to continue. For Eastern Ontario farmers, corn basis bids into Quebec have been strong. However, basis overall has been better than last year at this time. It's a reflection of many things, the Ontario crop being one of them, both this year and last. Digging deeper on basis is important and sometimes it takes work to find even better bids, despite the generally good price transparency in Ontario. Higher basis values in Michigan and Ohio have also helped the situation. The good news is grain prices trend up into the summer. Seasonality tells us that. Of course, the challenge is to market our crops at profitable levels where our farms can grow even more prosperous. Standing pricing, resting orders can be good Ontario-centric marketing tools to capture profitable opportunities. Calling your elevator or end user only takes minutes. Profitable opportunities can be gone in seconds. Daily market intelligence will remain key. This has been your Market Trends Commentary for January and February of 2020. I'm Philip Shaw.